This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to Allez Les Rouges, your fortnightly podcast for Liverpool fans around the world. Um, now those of you paying attention will have noticed straight away that these are not the dulcet tones of Peter Hooten um, this week. Um, Peter's away, uh, sunning himself in Sicily. But, so you've got myself, Andy Kelly, um, uh, making a return visit to the Echo podcast. Uh, and, but I am joined by uh, three uh, Allez Les Rouges uh, if not regulars, certainly have already made their debuts, but certainly one regular is John Nicholson, cop season ticket holder and stalwart. Hi, John. Hello, Andy. Uh, also joined by uh, Spirit Shankly board member, Joe Blot. Hi, Joe. Hi, Andy. And also joined by uh, the Independents, Simon Hughes, also an author of uh, several very successful Liverpool FC books. Uh, we can say that, can't we, Simon? I thought you were going to name them all then. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can name a few, but uh, <laughs> I'll leave that to you. Actually, we, later on, we should give Peter's book a, book a plug, shouldn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, we should So that, when yeah. we're plugging yeah. Peter's book, you can also say, also available. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're going to look forward to what's going to be a fantastic period of the season uh, mouth-watering you would say we've got seven games for Liverpool coming up in 23 days uh, and they're not just any games either you've got Spurs PSG Chelsea twice Napoli Manchester City you can throw in Southampton there but uh, John how are you viewing this period on the back of Liverpool starting with four wins out of four the first time they've ever, they've ever done that in the Premier League yeah first time we've done it Leicester performance was a bit indifferent in a way um, we sort of dominated the early stages and then in a way let Leicester into the game I thought um, just just by getting caught on the ball a bit in, in our own half I think Ronaldo and Firmino a couple of times um, one thing for sure I think we, I know we've won four games but we need to be better in, in, in this period and it starts on, on Saturday at, at Wembley yeah I mean you um I know in the last pod you highlighted the fact that there's going to be a, a clangor coming from Allison very soon, and you yeah. probably didn't expect it next game. But obviously that, I, I, I that made things a bit nervous, didn't it? I didn't. It, it, ironically, I was having a chat with some Leicester fans who were friends before the game, and I said, "Did you see our goalkeeper last week?" And and someone, believe it or not, hadn't watched match of the day, and I said, uh, "To be honest, I think there's a mistake coming from him soon. It's going to cost us a goal." But yeah, I didn't really expect it was going to come. On, you know that day. Yeah. Uh, luckily enough, it didn't cost us the result. That was what I mean. So that's I was hoping that when Allison's mistake did come for Liverpool, that it'd be when we were three 0 up at home to somebody and he was showboating a bit and it cost us. It actually it could have been significant because it 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 brought a lot of extra pressure onto the team. Um, but they held out. They got that fourth win. Um, where are you on the Liverpool we've seen so far? Um, Am I wrong to be, even with Liverpool top of the league, to be maybe a little flat about a couple of the performances? Yeah, I think the performances have largely been quite flat, really. I mean, they started well against West Ham and that, that could have been even more than, than 4-0. And then since then, it's it just... It hasn't been great. It hasn't been, you know, the sort of free-flowing football with which, you know, they, they sort of played the middle part of last season. Um but I mean I don't think it's a reason to be worried necessarily you can't be worried if you've got like sort of 12 points I think um, you know you, you sort of sense that Liverpool have got several gears to move into once 
the forward players are sort of firing. I mean, I, I just don't think that at this moment, you know, that, that Salah looks quite... He hasn't looked quite on it, although I know he scored on while he was away with Egypt, which will, you know, probably give him a bit more confidence. I think he, he, seem, he, he seems to be playing like he's clouded a little bit, you know, in his mind as well. He doesn't seem settled or comfortable in himself or as comfortable in himself. Um, so that could be, you know, some of the problems that he's had, you know, with the Egyptian national team. I know players don't take it onto the pitch, but the stress of all that ultimately will affect anyone, I would think. Um, you know, Firmino the same. He sort of, you know, played like he's just sort of played the World Cup. So it's been that sort of performance. But I think every team apart from Watford, who I'm pretty sure haven't had any players at the World Cup have, have, have started a bit like that anyway. So, you know, it's a general theme. I think in the Premier League at the moment, the teams aren't really flying. Um, you know, Man City included, they haven't really been, um, I know they, they, they hammered mm. Huddersfield, but, you know, they you know, got, got a, a result that they wouldn't have expected at Wolves. So, um, yeah, I think Liverpool, are gonna, I agree with John, I think Liverpool are going to have to be a lot better, you know, going into, it so it feels like the season's starting again, I, I hate this 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 break, you know, I can't understand it's crazy, it, it's it? crazy, it's like, it sort of feels like, right, the season really starts now and you're starting with seven or eight really tough matches, but, you know, I think, um, I, I think we will know more about Liverpool's defensive capabilities at the end of this period, I think the forward line it, it is going to be at the end of the season assessed as being you know stronger than it was even this season in terms of the options that the Klopp's had. Uh, I think the you know the San Shakiri's could be an, actually quite an important one when we look back. But um, yeah, I mean the the the, the defence have been pretty good so far. That's been the one plus point I think aside from the Allison mistake. Who's otherwise? I know he's done a few fancy things, but he's he's otherwise made a few important saves. I think the Leicester game. You look back at that. He, he did make one save in the first half, which I was sort of obviously comparing it against what the previous keeper would have done, and you could imagine sort of Carrius diving the other way or something mad like that, couldn't you? So yeah, it, uh, it, it he was has a made, really good save. Yeah, he, he has made some important saves so far, like I a think Palace he leads, free kick. He leads he has, the Premier he, League he, and he, 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 saves that he he's made, which he yeah, might not have been expected my, to make. My, my frustration with that, I mean, it was a bad mistake at Leicester. And there's no excuses for it because. I can understand if you're going to do something a bit flamboyant to get yourself out of trouble, but he was going back into trouble, having his face, you know, turning to face yeah. his own goal, which so is what, just something you don't do as a defender or yeah. anything. So, you know, it's a very harsh lesson learned. I'll be interested to see how he reacts to it because the first time he tries it, we've seen it, you know, at Anfield over decades, you know, where goalkeepers sort of you know, there's that sort of nervous tension. But uh, you know, looking at him the way he is, I don't, I, I sort of think he, he'll probably probably just brush it off I mean I thought the difference between the two incidents was against Brighton was it when he did the little chip thing as Klopp said afterwards it actually was a smart thing to do because if he just tried to whack it it could easily have hit the Brighton player so even though it looked flash it's actually the smart thing to do whereas as you say Si down at Leicester there was the option just to clear it which was the safe one and the drag back was was a catastrophically bad option to take. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Joe, there'll be people looking, listening, or to their phone, or looking at their phone or their computer now, going, ah, "These are a bit miserable. We've won four games. We're top of the league. We've never won our first four in the Premier League before." Um, should and we used to moan about Liverpool about not not win, winning games when they didn't play well. And we've had a couple of games, you could probably say out the four, where we haven't necessarily played very well, but we got the wins. Um, is that okay for now? Uh, and then as we start this sort of second period of the season, it's time, as John says, where we need to be better and move up. Yeah, I think I think it's a really good point, that Andy. I mean, it's easy to sit here and reflect on something that is some of the 
the nuances of football where unfortunately things do go wrong and of course we as Liverpool fans are very often most heavily critical of our team um, we've won four games we should be celebrating that but then we have the counterbalance don't we say well we won those four games last season it wasn't the first four but we won the four same competitive matches against those four clubs let's see us against someone bigger and better and etc but the context is we can only start the season the way we expect to we've got four matches to play whoever we pitched up against we've beaten the four teams and I think you're right in terms of that. So it feels a little bit glass half full, half empty, doesn't it? And I think probably out of the out of the four games, we've we've played one and a half games really, really well. Um, and again, that's that's actually quite a lot um, because when you stretch it over, over four games of, of another period of time, you don't see that level of co- consistency um, at any moment. And then, of course, when on the back of a World Cup, the start of a season, an in, international break looming, you know. All these things are playing on players' minds, and we as supporters very often miss the mind bit because we just see the physical game. That well, it's just a game of football got and play. Well, there's actually more than that. There's it's more. There's more things and more facets to it. And I think the key for me is, you know, there's a couple of us in this room who who can remember back to the you know the good old days of winning the, the championships and the FA Cups and the European Cups. Did we play well every single game against every single team every single week? No, we didn't. What we did do though was. I can remember that if we went 2-0 up at half-time away at Leicester, I knew we'd win that game. And actually last week, or week before, I actually thought we'd win this game. Whereas last season, season before, going 2-0 up wasn't a guarantee of winning. Yeah. Absolutely. But I really felt confident that it's OK this. And, you know, even with the error, I didn't see our heads drop at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, we still got just galvanised. just that, well, these things happen. Let's let's make it collectively better. And I thought we did. And yeah. we closed the game down really effectively without giving ourselves any real more heart-stopping moments that we've been doing in previous seasons. Well, if we, if we move on then from the four games that we played, one this year, one last year, as you say, Joe, we'll not get a better chance of a game to sort of indicate have we improved this season, John, than going to Tottenham at Wembley which was sort of for many people the low point of last season and you know are we a team whose defensive solidity has improved so much we're going to be going there with a a back five which is pretty much I mean completely new in the sense I think Gomez played last season but he was playing at full back so he'll you know you've got Van Dijk who wasn't there you'll have Trent who was on the subs bench I think he didn't play Uh, you'll have Andy Robinson who was still a sub at that stage so we will have a completely new back back sort of five with, with the goalkeeper um is this is this our chance then to say to sort of confirm that we're a different type of a team now yeah the, uh, i think it is if 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 you just looked at the fixture you'd say oh god spares away on the saturday after the internationals but you know in some ways it might have been worse for us if it was say Wolverhampton Wonders or something you know someone who maybe hasn't had international fe- fellas away on duty and what have you. So, so it's a good challenge for us. And and two results last season against Spurs that we sort of owed them for. One because of the poor performance at Wembley, but but one from from the game at Anfield really. Where, you know, to be honest, I think when Spurs equalised, they made it one-one after about eighty-two minutes. I did think at the time, I'll take one-one now because Spurs had dominated us for the second half. But then when we went up 2-1 and then conceived the way we did on the linesman's decision to make it 2-2, you know, it's four points there that, that we've lost to Spurs, or, or rather we've took one, you yeah, know, out of, out of our two games. And at the end of the season, Spurs are above us. 
you know so so yeah we we need to go go in on saturday and and um make up for for results from last year and you're right we've got a totally different uh defense now we just mentioned the leicester game where we where we conceded after allenson's mistake um but you know leicester didn't get a shot on target after that you know, so so we did perform quite quite well after that. Really, yeah, heads didn't and, go, John. No, and and there's the you know, and, and Van Dyke ste- stepped up, even though it wasn't his best game. You know, he he did dominate all the challenges and what have you, and 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 we survived quite quite well in the end. Really, totally different game against Spurs, much better players um, <clears throat> to to come at us. Uh, but yeah, maybe it's the type of game we want, and it's certainly the type of game we've got to basically perform and then show ourselves and get a result and they weren't the results I guess last season over than maybe Man City weren't that good against the top six um, if, if you're at the league table of the six we've got to improve on that this year and what, what better place to start than Wembley on Saturday yeah. Si where are you on Spurs 2018-19 vintage I mean they were the club who didn't buy anyone in the summer mm. is that, is that, is that, certainly didn't buy anyone of, of any note did they um, and many people feel that you know even a good side needs some revitalization, uh, you know, with somebody coming in. Pochettino is sort of going with what he had, which he knows. Um, do you think? I mean, they had. I think their players came back overall the latest after the World Cup, so they've done quite well so far. I think to hmm. obviously win three out of four. But uh, do you think, uh, you know, they will be found out eventually for not strengthening in the summer? Possibly. I mean, uh, they've obviously had a, a great result at Old Trafford, which well, an, an eye-catching result. It's a result that makes you think, wow, these are going to really have a go this season. Um, you know, they, they had a few players missing as well on that night. Um, but I just think, I mean, you listen to Jürgen Klopp, don't you? It's quite interesting what he says about them. He said a few times, you know, that they're, they're only more experienced than they were. I mean, if you look back to the team that, that Pochettino put out when in Klopp's first game in 2015 on Saturday it, I think it's likely that there's only going to be there's seven players that will still be in the team on Saturday that were there you know in 2015 it would have been nine had Deli Ali and Hugo Lloris been fit and so this is a team that's you know very well oiled and, and sort of knows it, its functions mm. um, meanwhile you know the Liverpool team is probably only going to have James Milner so it just shows you what changes have taken place at, at both clubs I mean it's it's quite radical really you know for in any period of history if you, if you look well maybe discounting the last 10 years but you know there's been a major overhaul that's gone on at Liverpool as we just discussed there, you know, to, to, to have a completely different back line, 11, you know, 11 months, 12 months down the line is, is, is a pretty big deal, you know. So I think I think Spurs could have benefited from just one, maybe just one player just so to get away from the negative. I mean, I don't think a manager should ever do anything to just satisfy headlines. He should only ever sign the players that he wants. But I think it is a failing to knock just get that one one extra player you know that they're in a position of, of strength a club that's going to a new grounds you know it's going to want to put bums on seats you know to, to not get a player um of, of any you know of any quality any quality whatsoever I think is a bit of a failing you know you start to you start to ask questions are they really gonna uh, do they really have it to, to go on and and, and and do something that, that that's serious because Although this Spurs team is a fine, a brilliant team, and I, I've loved watching them play over the last five years, you know, in terms of history, when you look back on it in ten years' time, 
I don't think if they don't win any, if they don't win anything, it's going to be a massive missed opp- missed opportunity. When you think that you know the rotation of league titles, you know the things that they could have won. So yeah, I mean, I I'd, I think that that they'll be in the top four at the end of the season, but I think they're going to struggle, you know, with 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 injuries throughout the course of the year because we, we've seen the last few days that. Uh, Deli Ali has got a muscle injury, and uh, in fact, Deli Ali and Hugo Lloris have got muscle injuries, which is a bit concerning. You know, if you're getting into the first weeks of the season, you get muscle injuries. It says to me that the players aren't properly conditioned; they've either played too much football or haven't rested enough or whatever. So, that's going to be something that could catch up on them as the as the season progresses. I know the discussion's been about Harry Kane and how he how he's been playing. He's still been scoring goals, but hasn't been quite as free in his movements. Um, Meanwhile, you know, Liverpool, I think the last, you know, I think, yeah, I was just going to talk a bit about Klopp and, you know, I know every manager says, oh, we take each game as it comes, but I know every smart manager does look at games in batches and I think the last couple of weeks might have been quite convenient for Klopp to map out this period of of exactly what he's going to try and do and when. So, um, so yeah, I mean, he might look at it slightly differently to me, who's who's frustrated by the break. Yeah, Joe, do you, I mean, they haven't, Got a new any new players? Spurs though it did feel to me like um, Lucas Moura's performance at Old Trafford was almost like the arrival of a new player because I know he was there last season. But I mean I could probably count on one hand the number of times I actually noticed him in the Spurs team doing anything effective. But mm. um, he obviously his pace was obviously vital for them at Old Trafford. Um, as Simon says there's been sort of suggestions Kane's not quite on it. His record against Liverpool, I think, is seven and seven. So he's somebody else to be feared. So they will have, they, they certainly will have a threat, won't they? Um, and you know, it will, it, it will be the first real test of the season. It will. I, I agree with that. And I think, I mean, they, like Simon, I mean, I actually like watching Spurs play. They're, they're a really good footballing team. And you know, when you know, four or five years ago, this is the kind of thing we aspire to to be in that kind of level. Yeah, they didn't win anything, but they were they were attractive to watch. We, we've caught up with that and 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 more, I think. Um, and I think you know, going into this game, they probably got more to think about about us than we've got to think about about them. Um, because Mora, yeah, I thought he was brilliant against United, but United played a lot deeper uh, than I think we would play. Um, and whilst his pace was was something to to be careful of, playing further up. Sort of limits his opportunity unless he's, unless there's going to be that through ball from Ericsson or somebody uh, to get behind the players. And I, th- I just think we just seem to be with our new backline a lot smarter um, th- th- than we've been previously. We were chatting earlier and we were saying about Deli Ali, and I think uh, not a great fan of his, but he's one of those sort of ghost players who sort of drifts through a game and can suddenly hurt you. Mm. Um, you, you glad he's he's going to be so missing out? I, I am, yeah, I am. Um, just because yeah, I, I, could ne- I, I always don't think he doesn't do anything and suddenly like I've just bang, bang, bang and something's happened that, that he's contributed to, whether it's himself scoring or whether he's then laid it on a plate for Kane and I think that's where you know the seven goals and seven, as you said. Kane, again, hasn't been brilliant in those games, I don't think, but he's just punished us every single time. Yeah. Um, and I think we've read that if there's something for us to think about, it's about playing him out. But I think I think we've got that defensive strength now. I think that pace is there. I think Gomez against Leicester, you know, it, it was was outstanding because it was, you know, John, you said earlier that you know it wasn't the best game of Van Dijk, but he, in his head he made it a brilliant game, which which he clearly did as and, and led the team through the difficulty. But Gomez just got his his footing everywhere. But it wasn't like a a last minute, last ditch stuff. It was he read the game so well. 
And I think the block if, on Madison was a thing of beauty, wasn't it? it was, should have had a goal for it, shouldn't he? Yeah, he, he should. And, he, and he, you know, he came from nowhere to get it. You know, it was, you know, it was Carragher-esque in terms of doing that. But but it didn't appear as desperate as sometimes that that, that we do. He, he, he knew where he was going and, and where it was going to end up, and he got there. Um, and I think if we can use him to sort of you know watch those runs, but because he's got the pace to do it, if we can use the the, the width that we've got now with with, with Arthur, we can we can put as I say, I think the questions from Tottenham, if if, if 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 they would probably have more to ask of us this time round in this fixture than, than we've had previously. So I'm, I th- I think it's probably for us to lose if even if, if being bold um, this time. Um, would you take a draw in an away away game against Tottenham? Yeah, of course you would. You know that's that, that's a start. But but I actually think we should go there confidently. Uh, and think this Tottenham team has got a lot more to think about. Whether it's because they haven't bought players or whether they've 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 lost the game already. They've they've the stadium isn't ready. You know all those big things that were sort of were probably building up for this game t- on Saturday. They've lost a few of them now. So in their heads, if we can get get in their heads around that, we, we're the ones who think could should be strong. John, this little mini stretch of the next week takes us Spurs on Saturday lunchtime, then PSG on Tuesday night at Anfield, uh, and then on to Southampton on Saturday at Anfield. And people will start to wonder at what point does Klopp begin his rotation. Uh, There's a reason we've strengthened this squad, and that's to be able to keep our best players fresh if we can. Um, But would you maybe look at the Southampton game as the, the third one of this three has been the one where he might think about a couple of changes or do you think he might even be tempted to to make the odd change on on Saturday even depending on how the players have returned from, from international duty yeah obviously depending upon how, how they've recovered on uh, after, after, the, after the week's exertions but I do think actually he might make some changes on Saturday um, possibly Fabinho might make an appearance. You think the some, lesser yeah, spot possi- Fabinho could yeah, be? Possibly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't read the reports about him in the you know Brazil game. Right back, they the played week. him, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, <coughs> Anderson wasn't as effective at, at Leicester as, as as he has been, I think, over the past sort of 12, 18 months or so. Um, but I think Klopp got it right last year, I thought, when, when we sort of, at that stage, from say the last week in November mm. up until I think the Burnley game on um, New Year's Day where we had a similar amount and probably more fixtures in, in, in a less amount of time and he changed the team a lot and I think we had a couple of draws in that but by and large I think at the end of it you, you know, you might have argued well we should have beat Everton and Anfield or um, there may be another draw I think West Brom possibly Arsenal away is, is Arsenal where we maybe threw it away but I think at that point then in January we were much better sort of equipped ready to go for the last half of the and season and we may well have seen the benefits of that John be- yeah I, I think we did be- yeah. because of what he'd done and the way he rotated it so, so I think that we might see that start on, on, on Saturday yeah Si would you make any changes yeah, I don't think he'll make many I, I think he'll pretty much do what John sort of suggested then you know like what he did last season it might just last a little bit longer that period because um, I know some people have said that Liverpool should just focus on the league, but I think Klopp will be aiming for both. You know, both the. I don't think he really ranks the domestic cups that highly, even being honest. But you know, the Champions League and the league, there's no way he's going to be resting players in the Champions League. It'll just be slight tweaks here and there. Um, 
you know, I think it helps Liverpool at the, the two middle games against Red Star, Belgrade. I mean, it, in theory, a tough place to go, but in reality, you know, not a very strong team. So he might have a little bit of leeway in that period, but I, I don't think at this stage he's going to be looking to, to make any tweaks because everybody's, all the players that he's got pretty much have been in the same boat, haven't they, really, the last few weeks? All his key players, anyway, you know, travelling to Africa, North America, you know, around Europe. So it doesn't really benefit anyone in particular if they are it might just be a tactical tweak but that could be in midfield maybe that's the only area where you might see you know whether it be Cater coming in for Henderson um, Henderson's played like a lot of the England players so far hasn't he when he, when he has been it just doesn't seem quite at that level mm. but you know he'll benefit from from probably having that little bit of a break and, and then later on in the season kick on again so yeah I, I don't think I'd be surprised possibly only Henderson for Cater maybe yeah. Joe, would would you hmm. see that we'd have to wait for the Carabao Cup, perhaps against Chelsea, to see, you know, some of those fringe players, like maybe like a Sturridge even or a Shakiri start a game, uh, maybe even like a Nathaniel Klein who sort of gets forgotten about the man who was in England right back for, you know, until his injury, uh, sat there not not playing football. Um, he'll want them to play hmm. some football, and you certainly look ahead to that game and think there'll be a lot of changes for that one you would think yeah it's weird isn't it I mean if we, if we were playing I don't know Shrewsbury uh, on the Carabao Cup you, you, you would be expecting changes because it's Chelsea we sort of think mm, should we well actually I think we should like, like Simon says the, the domestic cup they probably will won't they you know, they'll probably exactly. have a, a lot of changes they, they, you know, for, for us we've, we've got to be thinking that you know the, the Premiership title's there as a chance so let, let's go for it um, we proved we can get to the final of the Champions League so we know how to play European football um, the confidence is there to do that for me that's where the concentration should be so I think your, your question before about you know, is, it, is the Southampton one that we might tweak um, I think we might do because I think you know we'll have had two big games before that in terms of Tottenham PSG um, if there's going to be a bit of a rest there but I think the wholesale changes I think you're right would be the following week against Chelsea bearing in mind that we've got Chelsea again at the following weekend, um, and we need we we need the strongest squad we've got then. So I think yeah, you're right. I think I think I think it's a tweak or two tomorrow. I think I think you're right. Midfield maybe. Um, I I hadn't thought about Fabinho myself it, it, personally. Um, I could I could see Cater coming back in for Henderson, um, but not I wouldn't rule out the the other change. Minimal change again against PSG, and and then Saturday. You could actually then tactically begin to change a few things if you if you needed to, just to give players just a, a bit of legs under a bit of legs for some some of the players who haven't played yet. The Shakiris, um, maybe maybe Klein. Um, I thought he did I, had a little impact when he came on at Leicester. Shakiri just he, helped us maybe he, just he, calm he, he things did, down yeah. a bit. Yeah. He, he sort of helped us close out the game. Yeah, you know, he, he wanted the ball. He, he was moving he was going right back to, to full back to looking for it when he got it he was making them foul them or he was getting a throwing out of it yeah. or a corner clever he was clever, he yeah. was really good I thought at Leicester Security. Yeah. and he obviously played well at Wembley in was it Wembley against uh, no they weren't at, at Wembley at Leic- were they at Leicester again it was at Leicester yeah. again wasn't yeah, it yeah, yeah. I was going to say because yeah. you know, he obviously played probably should have scored against England shouldn't yeah. he but uh... the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. And Fabinho, I saw actually a story in the Echo this week that he had had a good performance uh, for Monaco against Spurs at Wembley a couple of seasons back. So he's played there and is is used to, which might point to give him a chance. Um, but if we park Spurs and look ahead to 
what's an even probably sexier fixture the the first Champions League fixture PSG um, John the I know the lads were very excited about the draw uh, in the last podcast and and um, the more you think about it the more you sort of think we're going to have some good games here and um, probably do you think it's the best time to maybe to kick off against PSG in the sense that obviously they've got a new manager in the summer uh, in Thomas Tuchel presumably still finding his feet for all that they've started you know, I think they've won their three games so far um, they're going to play on Friday night I think against San Etienne so they'll have a little bit of a slightly longer break than Liverpool but obviously Liverpool play earlier on the Saturday and they're going to be missing a couple of players um, they've got Rabiot suspended and Verratti and Alves both in, injured so um, but they've spent enough whereby they've got a fairly deep squad and of course they've got the likes of Mbappe Neymar um, Cavani all all coming and it's going to be something exciting to, to see we saw a little tasted didn't we with Van Dijk and Mbappe and the internationals with, with Holland and France uh, during the week yeah I've seen a little bit of that I think it's a great draw myself you know I think much better to have a group like that rather than say well, we had a few years ago where we had Real Madrid, but then we had Basel and Ludogrets, and not coming out of a group like that was really disappointing. If we didn't come out of a group like we've got now, it might not be as disappointing because of the quality of the teams. But I also think as well, Liverpool in Europe, the better the team, the better in in, in many ways the, the performance out of us. Um, Palace Saint-Germain, Tuesday night, you know, as you mentioned, Mbappe, Neymar, Cavani, you know, Great, great forwards, you know, and it's it's gonna it's gonna be a great great occasion, great game. Who knows? You know, it might be one of them where we, you know, end end up not winning, but but I think it's a great start for us. Yeah, and the thing as Simon says as well, I haven't read star for the two games in the middle where you play the same team, you know, uh, two two games. I don't think is that that's the best option for us as well. Yeah, Simon, do you, go on, mate. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I think I think what having that first game against PSG at home it energises the crowd straight away just the name you know the opposition the players that you're playing against you know the history but I mean I remember getting knocked out by PSG in was it 96 97 am I going back to yeah mid 90s you know that that you know, so there's a little bit of history there which is quite interesting for some people maybe but I, I think it energises the crowd straight away and it gets people back into the Champions League again because after losing the final and having got to the final if you get a team that's like sort of a team that's not as as you say sexy it's also first game people might be a bit blase about it but straight away it's an important game where you know that you, you know the fans are going to have to be up for it because they're going to you know the, the you know it's Liverpool got a history of sort of playing against teams in recent years with greater financial means who, who quite fancy themselves as making a mark on Europe and you know everybody's going to be really keen to to make sure that that doesn't happen you know as you mentioned Thomas Tuchel's got that that little bit of history with Liverpool as well he, you know he, his teams play exciting football um, he'll fancy his chances but I just think you know for Paris Saint-Germain that, that's where they struggled you know they step up into in, into the European arena when they play and in difficult places against you know really aggressive fast teams that's where they've sort of come unstuck a little bit the last few years it's a big jump up you know from the French League where you know the, the standard of opposition isn't quite yeah. as high that often during the course of the season so yeah I think it's got all the you know the, the sort of ingredients for 
the sort of game that people you know could be talking about for quite a while and to have that early on in the season you don't often get that so I think it's quite exciting Surely when we were mentioning sort of a little bit flat a couple of the performances at the start of the season my theory on that is that the, even the players are having a little bit of a hangover from the end of last season where it just felt like we had a succession of games that were you know just had so much on them and we had so many huge occasions if you like towards mm. the end of the year and almost like you start the season again and you're back to the mundane and it felt like we were on an emotional high all the way to Kiev and then even the players obviously a lot of them have had the World Cup in the summer but then they've got to come back and try and get themselves going again I mean Klopp after Brighton I think when he was talking to a few of us probably uh, Simon uh, he certainly said he thinks the team lacks legs yet and aren't fit yet because they haven't you know a lot of them have come back to pre-season late but I'm I'm hoping that this sort of run of games and the the like of a fixture with PSG when they hear that Champions League music that it'll just start to revitalise everyone again and everyone realises we're back at this and God we we really enjoy it yeah it's it's, it's funny you mentioned the Champions League music because um, I remember when we got back in the Champions League probably about 10 years ago when we first, first time for, for a good while uh, and my brother said he said I just want to hear that music sort of you know because it, it's just different again it just it just ratchets up the, the atmosphere but also you, you want to skip along Anfield Road again I think you know for, for a couple of seasons we hadn't been skipping we've been sort of going along and it's a game and it's a game against Luda Goretz or, or whoever I'm going down to Anfield to see you skip into the ground Joe well, I, like I can't do it anymore <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, if, if you can't get yourself up for Tuesday night against PSG with the players that they've got you know, we, we've got something really to worry about, haven't we? But I'm, I'm absolutely convinced, as Simon said, the crowd will be up for this. To be so early on in the season as well, it's not it's not the December game in terms of let's get everybody there because we need to scrape a 1-0 win or something. We actually, you know, we, we can get off to a flying start here if we, if, if, if we get this right between the team and, 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 the, and the fans. Um, what a great opportunity that would be that if you got, you know, the, the points on the, on, on the, the table uh, on Tuesday night in a massive, massive night... Um, this is what this is what being us is about now, isn't it? You know, we are on that European top table again. Got to take the opportunity as we can, and I think you're right. Going to your point, your players are going to think that because it has been a little bit. I'm sort of starting back at work again. I'm getting the routine of going the gat. We feel that ourselves. We get exhausted. The players must get even more exhausted than we do. So to have an international break where they might have been away a little bit, maybe a bit refreshed actually, because because. They're not as impacting and not as challenging as some of the some of the games that, that we've been on, and then to come back to Tottenham PSG, I think their legs will start to go because that's when your adrenaline pumps, doesn't it? And suddenly, I think you, you know you, you're reaching a high level. Someone mentioned before about we we haven't gone right through the gears yet. This is where I think hopefully we'll start seeing that. The that that PSG should be a fantastic atmosphere, John. I mean, we had news this week that. Um, Red Star won't actually be able to bring any fans to Anfield. They've, their fans are banned from, I think, three away games after some trouble at one of their last games. And um, you know that that could help Liverpool. But you actually think Liverpool would prefer the sort of atmosphere that that rival fans bring to the to Anfield in the sense that it it helps fire up the Anfield crowd as well. And actually, it'll be it'd be a real disappointment not to see Red Star fans uh, coming when they come. Yeah, definitely. It was one of the things that was 
really good about the group draw when it came out that, that we thought each of those teams is going to take up the full complement of away fans and they're going to be quite vociferous as well in the ground and create a great atmosphere. So I think it's a pity in a way that they can't bring the fans with them. Yeah, yeah. confident for on getting a good start to the group against PSG? Um, yeah, for myself, like I always say, one game at a time and think only think about <laughs> yeah, Tottenham so at the minute. You've got you know, on your mind. Yeah, yeah, so just, you know, let's deal with Tottenham. But, but yeah, why, why not? I'm sure that PSG won't fancy it, really. They'd rather have an awful lot of other teams to play than us on Tuesday night. Yeah. Decide, do you think Tuchel's experience with Dortmund in terms of knowing what potentially awaits him for all that? I don't think it's, it's not going to be an Anfield of Dortmund proportions, but... Mm. Um, do you think that experience he had with Dortmund in losing a game where he'll still scratch his head and wonder how he lost it? Mm. Well, do you think that will impart him with a bit of fear about bringing a, a relatively new PSG team to him, or do you think it'll help him prepare for for what, what's it, what's he, coming? He doesn't strike me as the sort of person who who has any fear issues about anything, yeah. even being honest, because. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, I covered the game, um, the, the the two legs against Dortmund a couple of seasons ago, and you know he's a very confident young man. I can say that I think he's only just a little bit older than me. Um, I won't tell you how old I am. <laughs> um, Not guessing, yeah, <laughs> and um, you know I, I remember after that that game when Dortmund lost at Anfield four three. You know he did he did speak, that, you know that the power. I think he said the power of Anfield won basically, and he, he, he sort of. Sammy admitted that he'd underestimated it a little bit. I mean, I think it's too early in the season to have those sort of scenes because ultimately there's so much football left to play, and it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't mean a victory is it will be a great victory for Liverpool on Tuesday night, but it doesn't mean they progressed anywhere yet, does it? So there is that. Um, but I think he he'll definitely be keen to be. Yeah, you know these little rivalries work in football managers' heads, don't he? he succeeded Klopp as Dortmund ma- manager. You know he went and had a really good first season, and then by all accounts just really annoyed everybody in the second season. All the players, the staff. Uh, he's quite a demanding person to work for in different sorts of ways. Um, you know, and it's sort of. Could if he looks back, he could probably suggest that it started to unravel for him after that defeat to Liverpool. You know, they'd been in the semi-finals; would have fancied them to beat Villarreal, and the season sort of went on a bit of a decline after that. And then, you know, he finds himself out of a job within sort of eight to ten months. So, um, so yeah, I mean, he's an interesting manager who I think a lot of clubs have sort of looked at, and he's got some interesting ideas. Um, but you know, it sort of reflects Paris Saint-Germain where they are at the moment, whereby. The sort of they're still not attracting the, the very very biggest managers, and I think it's because of the standards of the competition of the league. You know, it can only really be that because that's what where the Premier League wins. I think for all the money swilling around, you know, the best managers are still attracted to that idea of adrenaline and going to places where it's going to test them. So they've sort of ended up with a manager who who has got huge potential and has got some mad ideas about training methods and stuff like that, but. You know, it tends to be the sort of mad managers that, that that sort of don't creep over the edge. That just you know end up being the greatest managers. Whether he's he's one of them, I'm not not quite sure yet. But definitely an interesting background and sort of some parallels with sort of the lunacy that we sometimes see from Jurgen Klopp. And I mean that in a in a, obviously in a kind way. Yeah, the Joe, the uh, I had a lot of time for Emery. Obviously, he did really well at Sevilla. Went to P- PSG and was sort of out of there relatively quickly. And, makes me think that 
getting what's required of from the ownership at PSG as a manager is is a pretty difficult stroke thankless type of task. Um, I mean, I think they it was Real Madrid who put them out of the Champions League last season, wasn't it? And you know that's the look of the draw. Uh, if you get the team who mm. go go on and you know win it, um, and it'd be interesting to see whether Tuchel can can do any any better than Emery, who you know ultimately had had done very well in European football at Sevilla, as we knew to our cost. Yeah, it de- definitely. And I, I, it it is one of those funny things, and, and maybe it is that league issue in terms of you know sort of it's all very well being the best in the country but if, if your best in the country isn't actually against a great deal of competition it's when you come unstuck in 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 the Europe you know the Europe wide areas and I think that's where they 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 have they, you know they I think that they, they did wallop a few teams last season for, for for memory but at the same time as soon as they came up against anyone with, with any significant track record they struggled um and I, yeah I, I think you're right about I was surprised when they changed their manager to be honest with you because I think he had been fantastic in what he'd done um, is that just the vagaries of the way football is now that it is now just the, you know kind of the, the board needs it well the, the, it's a bit refreshed is there a, a player or two in the dressing room who's saying he's not doing it for me anymore but and they're more important than a manager it, it, you know as a fan you know I'll, I'll never know that but it, it does seem a bit odd um, that, that they've had to change but haven't really changed their their, their playing personnel, to yeah. be honest with you. Um, yeah, they got rid of a manager who's won, you know, two Europa leagues. Who's got a, a track record of winning the European competition, yeah. which is something they want to do with a manager who then, who hasn't. Who you hasn't. Know, it's, and, yeah. then, and they ended up. Um, I can't say his name, but uh, the lad from Stoke. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Chup, uh, Chup, Mont Mooting. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so. an, an odd signing. <laughs> yeah, an odd free, signing. Free transfer from Stoke is yeah. probably not where you expected PSG to be uh, dabbling odd. in the in yeah. the summer transfer window. Well, they didn't make many. Same with the shirts, maybe with a long name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Actually, I think they re- they re- released their new kit today. PSG. I saw Cavani putting stuff on social media. They got a new kit in the first week of September. Well, or is it, this it, a Champions I don't League know if it's like the second or third kit, but there was definitely right. some sort of kit launch today. Right. Um, but. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, well, I don't want to go any f- much further than PSG for fear of sending John into some form of, of minor panic. But oh, just a word on, because it'll have happened by the time we have the next podcast on Southampton at home. Is that the game that perhaps is the potential banana skin and think that everybody's thinking everyone will be well up for Spurs, well up for PSG, and then they just want to get the job done probably against Southampton? And is Mark Hughes the type of manager? He is the Southampton manager. Right? Mm. I'm just second guessing mm, myself in my head. But he is, he's the type of manager you'd be saying, they'll have been saying to themselves, I've got to get up for this game, this game, and this game. And Southampton, uh, is, this is the game they'll want to play on mm. second gear. And this is our chance to show them that they're not going to get a win in second gear. Or do you think Liverpool are just these days at home too good for Southampton? No, I, I think it is a potential banana skin. Our crowd worries me sometimes when we have these games on a Saturday afternoon, especially a three o'clock one, after we've had a big game in the week, and especially you know after a big game at the weekend as well. I think they can be sometimes a bit quiet and a bit bit negative and things, and I think that helps the opposition. It doesn't help our team. So so I think we as the fans go and after me after treat it as. This is imp- as important as anyone. You know, if you beat Tottenham, you get three points. If you beat Southampton, you get three points. 
Yeah. You know, and I think us as the crowd need to be at it all the time at every game, and I think that can help reduce a little bit of the um, potential, potential, if you like, for for it being a banana skin. You know, and, and for letting them, um, if, especially if you have one of them referees who seems to want to even things out and you know um, give the opposition um, all the easy free kicks and things, you know, and stop, and they they'll just want to come and stop the game and take time on throw-ins and free kicks and everything. Yeah. So that's where it's more important than ever, I think, to, to have the crowd behind the team and and to 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 to, to push them on. Yeah. So the other side is if we get a good result against Spurs follow that up with a big night in Europe on Tuesday and get a result against PSG then they're on the crest of a wave aren't they and then someone like Southampton comes and it looks very different for them coming to Anfield because it just then they're at the point mm. where they could get swept away on a sort of on a, on a tide couldn't they if, if it, Liverpool hit their stride it is funny because obviously everybody's talking about this run of eight games and it's probably the easiest game and everybody seems the most worried about this game in the <laughs> middle of it you know it's just the nature of football I think but yeah I mean I, I do agree with uh, with John there you know the, we've seen it count, countless occasions I think was Stoke one of those games last season? I can't remember. Was, I, might, yeah. I might be might be wrong, but it always seems to be like a nice sunny day at Anfield. You know, people are, are skipping to the ground. Uh, <laughs> you know, across Stanley Park. You know, and and it's just all very nice and e- you know easy and seemingly going to be a Liverpool victory. And the players have obviously a bit drained from the week before, perhaps. And you know, I think I mean you've got to put the the, the emphasis on the play, players and the manager in those occasions. You know. If it's going to be like that, that's another challenge for them to overcome. I think. I think you know we're always very critical of of fans, as our you know as a you know fans are very critical of our own fans, quite rightly in some occasions. But I just think, well, the, the players, if they know that that's coming, they're going to have to find a way, you know, to uh, to get themselves up for it. You know, it, I mean. It, it's the nature of football now, isn't it? I just think it's become too much of an easy excuse for some players and the managers say, "Well, it's, you know, well, if that's the way it's going to be, and you know it's going to be like that. You're going to have to plan for it mm-hmm. and ensure that you've got players who are going to give you that spark at the start of the game, which then gets the fans on the front foot." Um, you know, the longer it w- would go on as nil-nil, you'd, you'd obviously be worried. But I just think you look at Mark Hughes' record against the top four teams away from home and any other dozen clubs that he's managed in the last 10 years it hasn't been great so I mean in some ways I sort of think well you know I'd rather it be be Southampton than say Leicester at home against a club who else I do always looks like he's plotting something <laughs> yeah. and Joe we, yeah. we do have if we do bring in a couple of in terms of the players getting up for it Simon talks about if he brings in a couple of changes he will have players who are playing for their place trying to make an impact uh, come in and, sh- and show that they should be worthy of a you know, a more regular spot in the starting lineup. I was just thinking the very same thing. Actually, I think more so than more so than last season, and certainly more so than the season before. We've actually got the options now. Uh, that if he did rest players against Southampton, we we should be on paper a better team than Southampton with their with their first eleven. Um, and I think we are. Um, if it is flat as a consequence of the you know the hopefully you know a great night on Tuesday. Um, We've still got the players on the bench then who can who can change that. So if he's rested for me, you know, for argument's sake, uh, for storage, he can swap those, and, and that's good. That's 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 what we've got now. We didn't have that last season, so I think he's got the potential to get somebody else and change change the change the format of the game. Whereas I I, I felt last season and the season before, we just made a substitution and just got the same the same person just in a different pair of boots. Yeah. Whereas this season, I think we've got the real opportunity that somebody actually can, can do something different. So you, you just mentioned before about Shakiri, 
you know, he he played a different game against Leicester than I thought he could actually. When he, when he when he actually you know took the ball in the corner as you say did the Diddy Haman trick of making sure he got the foul and everything else it was fantastic because I didn't I didn't think personally that I'd seen him do that before yeah. so we know he's got that we know he's got bags of skill we know he can run uh, really really well in terms of pace we can use that for his seventy minutes I mean if he's running out of juice we've got we've got the bench there um, so I, I, yeah but you know again sort of you know probably put my head on the block in terms of reflecting on the next podcast we go what the hell happened there um, we should be confident again going into that and I think yes it's the game that we could rest players but yes it's the game we should say it's still three points at Anfield let's go for it well we won't go any further ahead in terms of the games we've got a couple of wider issues to chat about just to finish up um, a couple of new coaches uh, have arrived and or are about to arrive Um I've written his name down, the, goal, the, the throw-in coach who caused quite a bit of sort of headlines, Thomas Grunemark. Uh, and then today, news that um, that I'm sure there's a, there's a proportion of the Liverpool support would have been dancing in the street when they saw the headline, Liverpool appoint new goalkeeping coach, such as the, um, the sort of split of opinion that John Achterberg brings for all that most of those split in that opinion. I'm sure I've never seen a John Achterberg training session but haven't been overly impressed with what he's brought to, in terms of improving goalkeepers at Liverpool. Um, si, in terms of the throw-in coach, it got quite a lot of headlines. Obviously, the Andy Gray thing, he was quite sceptical about its merits and everything else. Um, where were you on it? I mean, he's, he holds some sort of world record for the longest throw. Uh, which seems a su- seems superfluous for me because Liverpool aren't about to become, I don't think, a long throw team. But it's about getting the ball back into play in an effective manner so that you can start an attack. Mm-hmm. Is what I've what seems to be why they've brought him in. At least I hope that's why they've brought him in. Yeah, is that is that is that how you're seeing it? Well, that, it's easy to be like stuffy about any sort of small, which might seem relevantly insignificant advancements to try and, you know, gain an advantage. But to me, it just says that, you know, I think it should reassure a lot of Liverpool supporters that Jürgen Klopp is thinking about absolutely everything, every element of the game, whether, no matter how big or small, he's trying to figure out a way of getting Liverpool better. So I don't think you can criticise him for that, really. You know, um, yeah, I mean... It might sound a bit like Sam Allardyce here, but you talk about marginal gains, and and this is one of them, isn't it? I mean, if it if it if it contributes to one more Liverpool goal that wins a game this season, is you know is 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 pay is rewarded as, as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's it, you've got to think about absolutely everything. I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but you know, you think back to last season, for example, when Liverpool conceded a goal from a throw in at Tottenham. Uh, one of the I think it was the first, was the first goal or the second goal I can't remember it was one of the goals they didn't defend the didn't defend. Well, so I'd yeah. imagine this this throw and that's going to appoint a throwing coach to defend throwings as well I don't think I think he'll be covering both bases so you know if it stops them conceding goals I know that he conceded a goal early on last season against Sevilla at home from a throwing as well so maybe this has been you know germinating in his head since that period for all we know and I just think if Liverpool, if it contributes to them scoring a few more goals and conceding a few less, and then being rightly, I mean, the other thing about the way Liverpool play is Liverpool play when they're at their best, when they're all switched on. You can't. There's no coasters in this team, and it's quite often that when the ball goes out for a throw-in, 
the opposition are co- coasting or your team can just have a little bit of breather. Klopp doesn't want yeah. that. He wants them to be on it all the time. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's 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 very easy to be, you know, for ex-players who haven't been a coach for 25 years and have missed out on jobs and are now sitting in a TV studio in Dubai and being all funny about it. But, you know, this is what Jurgen Klopp's got to think about if you're a football manager and he's trying to push the boundaries to get Liverpool the extra points, which might just win them the league. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't see a, a problem in it. I don't understand what people like Andy Gray, why, why they've got an issue. I think ev- everyone is maybe assuming that we're suddenly going to become, was it Rory the left, was it, you know, Derby County yeah. or, or whatever. Having said that, Joe Gomez done a brilliant throw in the injury time on Saturday. No, I'm not sure why only, he was taking that throw only, in, John. Uh, you know. There was no one in the area. Yeah, yeah. And then England called him up to do one yeah. against against Spain late on. But I, I could go back, like Sam has already mentioned, a Seville goal. And there was, there was a couple of goals that we conceded from throw-ins last season. But... I could take you back a little bit further than that if we could just get hold of some videotapes and look at Liverpool throw-ins, particularly when Moreno was in the side, where we threw the ball and just lost possession straight away because it was a poor throw. And then you have to work very so, hard to so get I'm it not talking, Yeah, I'm not talking yeah. of a situation here where you're looking to score a goal. It's just in normal play. And, and it was a poor, it's a poor throw. And, and we've lost possession of the ball. So so if this guy's going to help with, with the, whole, the, the whole picture of throw-ins, I, I haven't got an issue with it. Yeah. And Joe, the the um, Jack Robinson is the name of the chap who's been brought in. He's the national goalkeeper coach at the FA. Uh, I'm not sure it's been officially confirmed, but um, lots of people writing today that he's coming in as a almost like an assistant goalkeeper coach to John Atterberg, uh, who has been a bit of a you know he's taken a fair bit of stick from Liverpool fans mm. because of the form of some of the goalkeepers. Um, I mean, he seems seems to be that he's destined to look after the the younger goalkeepers. But would 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 you see that as a possible sort of, you know, is that slightly undermining Achterberg for all that the word seems to be that he was he's involved in the appointment and stuff. So maybe it's strengthening his position. Yeah, so it 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 does sort of smack a little bit of sort of Roy Evans, uh, Gerard Houllier, doesn't it? In terms of you know having two. So the two will be better than one, won't they? But then, you know, shortly afterwards, well, we just need one, really. I mean, yeah. I mean need a better one. Uh, personally, I you know I, I, I've, I've not seen uh, Achterberg train the, the players, other than when he runs out on a pitch. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I'm being harsh in thinking that we need someone better because I don't know if there is anyone better out there because I don't know who they are. Because I don't know who Chelsea have got. I don't know who Man United have got or anybody in terms of that. But we haven't had very good goalkeepers lately. And it's either they haven't had very good goalkeepers or they've not been very good in terms of how to be trained. Now, if we've got one of the best goalkeepers in the world, we want to keep him as such. We've got to have the best uh, supporting team around him. And if that means that um, Achterberg needs an assistance or needs to be changed, then, then then that's what we've got to do. And I think that it, it's it's those small margins, isn't it? It, it is it is that, that save in the last minute. I, I, that, that makes a difference and I, you know, just going back to the throwing bit I, I, again I haven't got a problem with that either I think that's the time you, you, you know, in terms of footballers that's when they take the breather I think you mentioned this like, you know, we, we all take a breather it's gone out of play and actually the throw-ins are taking longer and longer these days than ever before um, because they're all adjusting and not, not really wanting the ball and sort of come give it to me give it to him over there Klopp wants something different he wants that pace again he wants it back in their half so that it's it main sure that we're on the front foot and if that if that can do that by, by being better at throwing then then all all power to him really yeah. um, 
And if the goalkeeping coach can do the same, because that's clearly where Allison's coming in, isn't he? You know, his distribution is unbelievable at this moment in time. If that continues, you know, we, we, we're on, again, the front foot all the time. He mentioned about a long throwing. Well, you know, a long kick. We've, we've, we've become, you know, potentially a long ball team, but we're not Wimbledon. We're just making sure that we've got the ball in our possession in the right areas and it's further forward. And if, the, if, if, if either the goalkeeping coach or the, the throwing coach can do that, I'm all for it. Brilliant. Well, we'll just um, finish up uh, today's podcast with just a mention for its uh, normal host, uh, Peter Hooten, who has um, a brilliant new book uh, out um, very soon. I'm not sure when it's released, but it's in the next couple of weeks. Simon, do you know when yeah, released it? Yeah, I think it is it the 20th of September that sounds about right to me I might, yeah. I might be 27th. wrong 20, 27th oh 27th oh god yeah because I'm doing a, a, yeah, a launch well, with well, so I should probably know that to, yeah. I was coming on to that because uh, uh, I mean my copy arrived in the post uh, in the last couple of days and I've, I've only had a chance to have a quick look through it some amazing pictures in there that I think people uh, will love I think the the book's called The Boot Room Boys uh, and Peter's been sort of spending uh, he'll tell you himself I'm sure on the next podcast but it's been a long, lot of time down at the Mirapix archive finding these incredible old pictures uh, uh, of Liverpool and Si you, you and Peter are doing uh, to anyone listening in the Merseyside area as they say you guys are doing um, a sort of uh, Q&A yeah. about the book at, uh, at Liverpool 1 soon aren't you? Yeah at Waterstones and Liverpool 1 it's, it's a talk with me Peter and Roy Evans who's obviously the last sort of surviving member of, of the boot room um, so that's on the I think that's the 27th is that a Wednesday or a Thursday I'm trying to figure out on a Thursday I know there's not uh, many there's not many tickets, tickets left, left no there? there's not many tickets left they all want to listen to Peter and Roy so yeah um, I got the book through the post the other day and I agree you know the photo it sounds a bit damning you know sort of faint praise myself some great photographs in the book it is sort of obviously led by the photographs of the book but there's obviously some brilliant content in there by Peter so I suggest that everybody should buy it yeah and uh, and once you have that at the top of your Christmas list uh, a few of Simon's excellent uh, <laughs> best-selling Liverpool books in uh, in underneath anyone you want to push particularly at the no moment, it's all about Peter this it's all, all about Peter Peter, very though. kind yeah. yeah, <laughs> fantastic well assuming that Peter gets safely back from Sicily he'll be uh, your host for the next podcast in a fortnight's time but a great week a uh, couple of weeks of uh, football ahead and let's hope the Reds uh, come through with some uh, great victories this has been your Alele Rouge podcast thanks for listening and see you soon you've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo